Good afternoon, you guys. I hope you guys are having a happy Saturday morning. My name is Nicolette Marbley, and this is the first official episode of Nicolette's Not-So-Secret Diary. Um, before I dive um, too deep um, in about myself, I want to first talk about the reason why I get to host this podcast. Um, I am a journalist for NordoniaHills.News. I am also a blogger, and now I'm a podcast host. Um, today, I have here with me uh, the president of NordoniaHills.News, Julie Deloizo. Julie, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Julie, so go ahead and tell our listeners um, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, in regards to Spider Cat Marketing, NordoniaHills.News, and other things that you've done. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> I have a lot to talk about. No, yeah. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it brief. I was born in a log cabin. No, no, that's not the wrong, that's the wrong intro. <laughs> um, so, um, Spider Cat Marketing started in 2009. I came up with the, the name for the, the idea for the name. Um, it was actually at a conference in New York, downtown New York. And I wanted to create something. It was just a handle just to play around with this new thing called social media. And that was actually 2008 when I came up with the name. And Spider is for the search engine spiders that crawl through websites. And um, cat is because it's cool. So Spider Cat is just one of those names I just came up with to create a handle to play around with the new social media that I was learning at a conference in New York. Uh, fast forward to a year later, I decided to start my own company and I immediately knew to call it Spider Cat Marketing. It, it's almost like the name chose me. And I kind of feel like a lot of times uh, in my adventure of, you know, owning businesses and things that I kind of feel like, I always kind of like know what the next step is. I'm not saying all the steps are perfect because sometimes, you know, gotta try this, gotta try that. And um, people say, you always seem to know what to do. It's like, well, they don't see all the failures, the things that didn't work. Um, just like inventing the light bulb or doing anything creative, um, you have to try lots of different things before something really sticks. But I always seem to know what the next step to try. So um, this all started years ago. I started doing websites, and, and then in 2008, I added social media. And then, um, well, it'd be like, it's like 400, four and a half years ago, I decided to use those skills, websites, social media, and do the news here in town. Um, and the Ordonia area is Macedonia, Sagamore, Norfolk Center, Norfolk Village. Um, and it's it's called Nordonia Hills um, because it's a school district, and it's kind of a combination of the four names. <clears throat> um, so I started it um, just doing the news online. I had a website and social media, and I've just been slowly over the almost five years adding more ways to get the news. In fact, you can even download the skill on your Alexa devices and find out what's happening. Yeah, you know, at least our headlines that way. Um, we do podcasting, we do videos, uh, we do Instagram now, and some Pinterest, and um, just about every way you can get the news out, but we never printed anything. So last year, I decided to test the waters and start printing a newsletter. So I don't have one here, um, but it was it was on white paper, it was eight and a half by 11 
kind of like a PTA newsletter is how I kind of called it. Um, and that, for me, it was just a test to see if my, uh, if people would still like to have printed news. And what I found out is there's a whole, a whole group of people that either can't get their news online or they don't want to. That they like the idea of sitting down with a paper and their coffee. And no matter, and we had huge success online. We had, you know, we still have over a hundred thousand people that we reached just on Facebook alone in a month. And no matter how much success we had, I would still run into those people and say, "Oh, you know, I still like reading a paper." And so it's like, okay, let's test the waters. We found out people did like printed news, but to me, I still didn't really like the format. There's only so much you can put in eight and a half by eleven. You know, I think I, I think I had 12 pages for the newsletter. And to me, it just it was it was always for me it just a test to see if I actually could actually do a newspaper. In January of this year, we started the actual newspaper, News. Um, this is one of our last issues. We did um, take um, a pause in April um, because of the coronavirus. A lot of our ads paused. A lot of businesses were like let's wait and see what's going on. Because um, beforehand, I was doing two issues a month, and actually toward the end, I was actually, uh, because of all the news, the corona news and everything, we actually did two weeks in a row. But I'm happy to announce that at the beginning of May, now we're going to go back and we're printing an issue next week. So I'm very happy. I don't know if we'll be able to do two a month or four a month. We're, it's going to have to be week by week, you know, whatever the advertisers can do to help us keep this going. But I will tell you this, and some people think I'm crazy, there still is a need. There is a group of people out there that, that don't know what's going on um, and need to know. And it's almost like they kind of feel like they're second-class citizens because they can't get online. Um, but they, they desperately need um, the printed news to still continue. So I'm gonna try to keep going with the printing and um, hopefully advertisers can see that we can't ignore these people. So, whew. and um, just a quick thing, uh, social media wise, um, SpiderCat Marketing helps businesses set up websites and then we also do social media marketing for businesses that need that as well. So Julie, um, go ahead and um, tell our listeners about the web news, the web news show that you started. Oh, yes. Thank you. Um, well, you know, I totally embrace this whole Zoom concept and I've been interviewing people on Zoom and just very quickly had to adapt and um, start playing around with it. So actually part of the paper, I got the name from part of the paper. I always had on the front um, Jabbering with Julie and it was just a little, you know, uh, highlighting some of the stuff that was going on. It's kind of like if you ran into me in the store and you say, well, what's new? And I would talk about some of the new businesses that were going on and things happening around town. Just a real quick thing, you know? And um, I decided, well, why can't I do that on Zoom every week? So um, I do every Friday. In fact, um, this Friday will be my third. I haven't recorded it yet. Um, there's a lot going on today that are definitely gonna be in my show. Um, it's less than 15 minutes, so I try to keep it quick. Right. And, um, you know, it's just a, a nice little encapsulated thing of, you know, basically what happened this week in this area. And, um, you know, it, and I, I say jabbering with Julie because sometimes I, you know, don't know what I'm saying. And, you know, the words don't come out right. So it's like, ah. 
but um, it also ties into the piece that I always had in the newspaper from issue one. So thank you for sharing. Um, I want to thank you again for giving me the opportunity to blog, to write for you, and now to be a podcast host. Um, so basically what my podcast is about is it's about positivity, giving people life tips. Um, I have three specialists on my show. So I have a sound systems engineer, um, David Kay. Um, he does his best to inform people about Windows, Macs, TV, stuff like that. He is very, very good at what he does. Um, I have Andrew B. Um, as, you know, kind of the gaming expert. Um, he went to Ohio State University and specialized in gaming. Um, so he's helping out there. Um, and then my last and final specialist, um, this is actually my favorite segment of the show. She is a sleep deprivation um, specialist. So she specializes in, con in chronic pain during sleep. Um, she answers a lot of common questions that surprisingly people do not know the answers to. So I'm very, very lucky and blessed to have three specialists on my show. And then last but not least, um, Andy, um, Andy, my co-host Andy, he is such a wonderful co-host. Um, he pops in and out of um, my interviews with these three specialists. Um, we also have our own segment called That's a Mood. Um, for people who don't know what that phrase is, that's a mood basically means like, yeah, that's going on, right? Like, that's really cool. So we list five things each that we like, and we, you know, we say that's a mood if we like it. Or we say pass and then we, you know, kind of go through and say why we don't like it. Um, like I said, it's a positive podcast. So that's the mood basically is giving people uh, new ideas to try new and different things. Um, and then like any other podcast, we pretty much start off talking about the news. Um, in this episode, we talk about Joe Biden, um, the coronavirus um, we talk about uh, Gigi Hadid and how um, she's now pregnant. Um, so we cover celebrity news, we cover sports news, um, and then we just share, um, you know, a good thing that happened a better week and a favorite food that we either made or tried, um, you know, just to give people an idea on how to try new things. Because during this quarantine, you're stuck in the house, you're not thinking clearly, and you know, the suicide rate is up. Um, people are isolated, they're sad, they're not able to communicate and talk with people. And so I hope to continue this podcast um, after the quarantine, but I just wanna give people some positive tips to help their life, some really, really nice, cool things to kind of sit back and enjoy. And I want to, you know, inform people on how to stay safe um, and basically inform people on what's going on. Um, because I believe in this day and age, if you're not informed and if you're not connected with someone or connected with a certain thing in general, um, it's basically bad for mental health. And, you know, we don't want you know, anyone 
just sitting around, not feeling good, not doing good. There's too many news shows or just shows in general that are just negative and not good at all. So hopefully um, this podcast really takes off and I hope it brings joy to people's lives and I hope it, it um, informs people and keeps people safe. Um, one yes. segment. I think that's great. And that, you know, one thing that we need to encourage people to do is take this time to make themselves better, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, along with being a positive podcast, it is a self-help podcast. Um, you know, we have, um, people talking about, um, specifically Andrew, um, he really goes into, um, you know, how to build your own PC. If you're looking for a new hobby, um, I, uh, interviewed him earlier this morning about how to build your own PC, um, parts costs and stuff like that and basically ideas on how to get started in pc gaming so if you're bored um you know that's really a constructive self-help thing to do um and one thing i forgot to mention is um you know we also have an audio story today so i plan on releasing a new audio story um, every week. Um, the audio story is called The Model Life of the Amicable Jake Parker. And, um, you know, basically Jake is a young guy. Um, he's not a teenager, um, but he is in his very early 20s. He's about 2021. 20, and he just goes through the most awkward situations. Um, the first episode really goes into him talking to this girl that he has a crush on and you know things kind of get weird and he's in a situation to where he's like should I tell her should I not tell her um and Jake being the good guy that he is ultimately decides to do the right thing um I believe that the story also you know kind of adds positivity to the the podcast um the audio story is supposed to be uplifting and it's it's supposed to encourage people to do the right thing um you know and every audio story won't always be happy um you know there are some stories that are really about tough topics some topics that are kind of heartbreaking but you know basically the point of this audio story is to not only add um not only like add a light heartedness to it and not only add a creative part to it but it's to really teach people and to encourage people to always do the right thing because even if we think that no one's watching someone's always watching and I believe in today's day and age, I believe now more than ever, um, young people are getting into things that people haven't seen like ever, like in a really long time. I know, you know, it used to be drugs. Drugs and sex were like a big thing that, you know, people had a hard time deciding, you know, should I do this? Is this right? But now in today's age, there's so many other things, you know. Um, with the help of um, technology that could lead people down the wrong path or tempt people or kind of, you know, give people an incentive to make the wrong uh, decisions. So, 
you know, with the audio story, um, you know, with my specialists that I have, with everyone that's involved in this podcast. It's really to encourage people to do the right thing. Um, you know, it's a self-help podcast. And it's basically just about positivity in a whole because I believe without positivity, your life is just draining. It's draining and it's, it's not fulfilled. You know, if you go through life just thinking sad things and awful things, you're speaking that into existence. So we want this podcast to speak positive things into existence in people's lives. Um, yeah, and then get people to, um, I think sometimes when people are isolated, it, everything is all about them. And right. what they can do to get out of that is by helping people, helping other people, thinking about other people. And um, I, I think that sometimes helps. And even without leaving the home, they can help people. Exactly. Like how you are helping people. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and say it. I wanted this to be a surprise, but I have um, a special guest on my show, um, Christina Shaw. She is Councilwoman of Stowe. Oh, and I know her. Uh, oh, really? Oh, my God. You know her? I met That's her, so yes. Weird. You met her? That's so weird. I yeah. know everybody. <laughs> Dude, that's... that's... <sighs> That is, that's so weird. Yeah. So she, um, she is talking about her mask making and she's talking about other things that she's doing during, uh, the quarantine. Um, you know, uh, in the bit that I've recorded with Andy, not too long ago, um, I, I discuss masks and I discuss the importance to, um, not buy masks off the street from people that you don't know. Like Christina, she's a good person and she's actually in public office. So she doesn't have any ill will or ill intent. You know what I'm right. saying? Like she, she's doing this as a public service because she is a public servant, right? You right. know, she's, people. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's, you know, she's trying to help people. If you see someone out on the street corner, I have masks for $5. Please, 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 please do not buy that mask, okay? Right. Like, first of all- and, and we shared a story of a local uh, retired nurse that's making them in her home, you know, and she's yeah. following the pattern, you know, based on um, 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 that craft store in Hudson. Uh, I can't think of the name right now. Um, but anyways, yes, reputable people that you know and trust. Yeah, like it, like you know, if if you see like a news story about someone making masks, buy from them, okay? If your mom, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whoever, a family member or a close trusted friend wants to make right. a mask for you, go ahead and take it. Do not buy random masks from people that you've never heard of or seen before because Ohio, I believe now has about over close to 16,000 cases and over a thousand people have died. Okay. So there are a lot of people out here who are mad that they have it and may have ill intent and may contaminate the masks. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with all of this anger and animosity and built up tension within people, you do not want to be careless and get a mask from someone who, you know, may smile in your face and be like, hey, it's only $5, but their intent is really to infect you with the coronavirus. And we don't want anyone else getting sick. 
So um, I'm really glad that I got to interview her and really share her story so that you guys can reach out to her and request a mask because um, health is really important. Um, And I can't stress enough to really follow CDC guidelines, you know, Um, wear gloves, you know, just I really, really want everyone to be safe, Um, especially since the stay-at-home order was extended until the 29th. I know you guys are antsy. I know you guys are tired of staying in the house, Um, but please, you know, follow guidelines. They're there for a reason. This stuff is dangerous. I guarantee you it's not fake news. This is real. Um, So, you know, hopefully me and Julie can keep you guys entertained with NordoniaHills.News, both of our web shows, um, and just posts that we make via blog or just via social media. Um, Julie, do you have anything else to add? Uh, Well, I just want to thank you. Um, Since I met you, you've provided so many wonderful articles about all different subjects, uh, including a video on how to wash your hands and I think you're a great role model for your age group and you're a breath of fresh air. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Julie. Um, I would love to have you on my show again. We can shoot the breeze and talk about some other stuff. And I hope to um, make some appearances in your web show as well. Um, Just so you guys know, I have written an article. um, I wrote an article about my birthday. So, you know, I go into detail with Andy about my birthday and what I did. Um, I have some really great homemade recipes. So you guys should go ahead and check that out. And actually, um, you know, my birthday is coming up too. So we're kindred spirits. You definitely need to make something and then have me try it. Definitely. I am a big foodie now. I'm all into cooking. Cooking is all I do. Like this quarantine, this quarantine has changed my life. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, you know, it has changed a lot of people. And I was just wondering uh, something different that you're doing. And it sounds like cooking is the key for you. Yeah, cooking. Um, I've been doing a lot of cooking. Um, I'm actually, um, I can't believe I'm saying this now. I'm just like, I, I, I hate like, I'm like the worst secret keeper ever. I mean, if I have to keep a secret, I will. But like whenever I have like good news to share, I have to share it. So um, I haven't come up with any titles yet, but I'm currently working on two books. Um, One is a book about the quarantine and how I used quarantine time to kind of self-improve my life. Um, So be on the lookout for that soon. Um, I'm also writing a children's book. Oh, right. Also quarantine based. So I'm in the process of doing that. Um, And so, you know, I've tried some things out um, with my self-help book and it's been helpful to me so far. So, you know, hopefully when I'm done and I can print and release it, that would be another thing that I can share with you guys. And, and then also, if you guys have small children, um, you know, my corona, my kid coronavirus book, um, that, that's not the title, but that, that's just, you know, the, the plain name that I'm calling it. Right. Um, you know, the rough draft is super, super cute. 
Um, you know, kids, you know, not really know, knowing what's going on is really naive. And, you know, sometimes ignorance really is bliss, especially in the eyes of a child. You know, if you're yes. crazy, if you're going crazy and seeing everything that's going on, just like having a kid there with you that doesn't know what's going on, but they're trying their best to do whatever they want to do is really just lightheartening. And it's amazing to see. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to see everything. Trust me. I, I am probably like the most excited person in Ohio right now. I am just <laughs> working on so many things. And even though this is a scary time and it's a trying time, you know, like, don't think about that. If you have the means to kind of do some self-help and you have the, the means to improve your life, um, over the, um, over quarantining, you know what, you should do it. Um, you know, I've been doing health, hair care, nail care, body care, all types of stuff, exercising, yoga, um, uh, trying new recipes. Um, I actually, and this is like the weirdest thing ever. It's a mix between the Atkins diet and the keto diet. And I've been doing some experimentation and I've been measuring and stuff like that. And I've been <laughs> you know, really, you know, counting my body fat intake. And, you know, I've come up with a certain type of diet, you know, I, 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 I started doing this um, two days ago, but I've, but I've already lost like a pound. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I a good start. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really good start. You know, like you using research and doing research and kind of you know listening to your body and stuff like that, along with exercise, really really does help you. So, like I said, I started this three days ago. I was curious about it. I went in the scale. I weighed myself. I lost a pound. Um, and then, like I I also just want to say that you know, um, primary physicians um and weight loss doctors will say hey you know what losing a certain amount of weight and a certain amount of time is dangerous and i want to just you know go out mm -hmm. there and say this it's only dangerous if you're doing it in a dangerous way i am not starving myself i am getting all of my proteins i'm following the food pyramid um, it's just the fact that my body, for whatever reason, is processing everything in a fast manner. So if you lose four to five pounds in a week, don't let people say, oh, you're starving yourself. That's unhealthy. If you're getting good sleep, if you're not crashing on diet pills, if you are eating what you're supposed to eat and you're exercising and you're being healthy, you know, whatever mm -hmm. amount of weight you lose, that is healthy weight. I don't care what anyone else says. And that right. is basically going off common sense. Um, so I can't wait for that book to come out. Um, I also, you know, go into skincare and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing. I am going to, I, I already took my before pictures. So I am going to um, basically um, save those pictures, save pictures of everything that I'm eating, um, and then I'm going to take my after pictures, and um, I can't wait for you guys to see 
everything that I've been working on. Oh, and then, you know, besides stuff like that, you know, taking online classes, whether, you know, you know, I, I took some online cooking classes and then I also um, wanted to brush up on my typing. So all of that is, is, is in there as well. Um, right. I'm currently working on becoming an um, Excel expert. So I'm working on perfecting uh, Microsoft Word and, and stuff like that. So um, I can't wait for you guys to read it. I can't wait for you guys to basically see where I've come and basically a little bit over a month. Um, and yeah. Well, you'll be able to keep us up to date. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to write small articles here and there about what I'm doing. I, um, I actually posted an article about a skin routine that I was doing previously. I quit, I kind of, you know, um, made some adjustments to it. Um, but if you guys are having like skin issues, if you guys are having like really, really dry skin and stuff like that, um, the, the article that I wrote in regards to skincare and dryness is on my author's page on ordoniahills.news. Um, you know, and keeping in the spirit of good news, um, I also wrote a birthday celebration article about a healthcare worker um, who had a birthday parade and followed, um, CDC guidelines. So. Yeah, I, I love that. That was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, if they just go to nordonehills.news, we have a contributor tab and, uh, you know, just look for Nicolette Marbley in the drop down. Yes. Um, and then also, um, one last thing that I want to share with you guys, um, is, um, the project that I was working on all of April, the gratitude challenge. Um, I am releasing a PowerPoint sometime this weekend that you can view on YouTube um, and that you can view on my blog. So um, in my podcast bio, there's going to be a link to nordoniahills.news. There's going to be a link to my blog. If you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, um, there is going to be a link um, to, uh, not a link, there, there, my email is going to be there, uh, Nicolette's not so secret diary at gmail.com. So if you guys want to email, say anything, my email's there, my blog's there, um, a bio about me is there, um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And then also we have a feature band um playing a little bit of background music on my podcast um poopily poopily is a local band that's stationed out of cleveland they have some really 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 great songs um all of the credits are going to be listed in the bio page as well as all of the specialists that i have on my show and um all of the audio actors that i um have on my show um they are all professional actors um and so you know one actor that i have on my show gideon gideon lorette um i wrote an article about him um you know he actually um is the star of my um audio story um jake parker 
So, you know, he's making an appearance there and um, he also does some other work outside of audio work as well. He's a fire dancer. Um, you know, he's part of an actor's group to where he plays certain characters. So if you have kids, um, you know, if, if you need Spider-Man to come to your birthday, um, uh, you know, any type of Prince characters, he can definitely help you out there as well as the other actors that will be listed in my bio. They also have booking and contact information as well. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and excuse me for my really raspy voice and stuff like that. I am having terrible allergies, terrible allergies. You sound great. Thank you. So, um, I want to thank you again, Julie, for being on my show and I hope you guys, uh, really like what's, uh, about to be unraveled here. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, no problem, Julie. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Welcome to the first official episode of Nicolette's Not-So-Secret Diary. This podcast is about positivity and giving listeners helpful tips to use in their everyday lives. We have three segments covered by three specialists. Um, we have a segment about gaming, technology, and learning how to sleep well. We also have an audio story at the end of the show. And just like any other podcast, we discuss celebrities, current events, foods we love, and our favorite things. Helping me bring all of these great things to you guys is my co-host, Andy. Andy, how are you? I'm doing pretty good today, Nicolette. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Um, so Andy, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and I'll do the same in a few minutes. Um, I live in the Kent area. I grew up around here, lived here most of my life. I work out in Brimfield now and I do photography on the side. Nice. So my name is Nicolette. Um, I attended Kent State, um, but I've lived in Twinsburg for the majority of my life. I was actually born in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Um, you know, attending Kent State, I discovered a love for writing and journalism. Um, so I now write for the Nordonia Hills News, NordoniaHills.news, um, the link to the paper that I write for is in the bio. Um, I am a staff writer there, so I am a journalist. Um, I also blog, and obviously, I am a podcaster. So, let's dig into our first episode. We will be discussing in current events Joe Biden and the coronavirus. Let's start off talking about the coronavirus. Um, so, the world numbers are that over 3 million people are infected. Um, there has been over 230,000 deaths. Um, coronavirus numbers in the U.S. are 1 million people are dead. Um, there has been over 63,000 deaths, and that's just in the U.S. alone. And in Ohio, where me and Andy are from, um, there has been over a thousand deaths and eighteen thousand cases. Andy, how do you feel about this? 
not that worried right now. I think if we're young, we should be fine. Yeah, I mean, if you practice, like, CDC guidelines and, you know, don't buy masks off the street, let me tell you what I saw on Facebook. So I'm browsing through Facebook Marketplace because I'm a cheapie and I like to get stuff secondhand. Um, I saw, like, random people selling masks. And as crazy as people are, like, there could be people coughing inside those masks and then selling infected masks. In my opinion, I feel like they should be banned from Facebook. Because, um, you know, it's actually illegal to purposely give someone a disease. Like, you know, if you have to give someone AIDS, that's a felony and you're in jail for a very long time. Um, you know, I honestly do not know why they are not cracking down on people basically selling masks out of their home. Now, if you're, like, making the masks and, like, donating them to a hospital, that's different. But just selling random masks on Facebook and then charging money for the mask, I, I don't get that. Um, you guys don't do that. Um, go on Fashion Nova. They have really cheap masks. Um, you know, it's not just a girls' store. Um, they sell men's clothing, too, but they have some really, really nice masks for cheap. Um, Andy, have you been wearing any masks? Gloves. I've been wearing them at work, but the masks at work because they give it to us, but that's the only time I've been wearing one. Right. So, like, when, you, when you're, because obviously where you work, you see a lot of people come in and out. Like, have you seen, like, people just, like, wearing masks and gloves and just, like, really like my stuff? It's more the masks and the gloves that it's I feel like I've just been doing the most going extra. Like, I went to the bank the other day because I, I wanted to um, withdraw some cash. And like you said, there's not a lot of people wearing gloves. People were looking at me sideways. And I'm like, really? Really? Have you seen the news? Like, I don't care think I'm being extra, I wear my gloves, and actually, I have three sets of masks, because whenever I get back from going out, which I don't go out often, because I work from home, I take a mask off, I spray it, and I let it sit for about 48 hours before I touch it. Do you think I'm doing the most? Because I don't know. I think we're taking some very necessary precautions for yourself. Because, you know, I live in a house with a lot of people. I still live at home. You know, my sister has asthma. There's other people in my house that have other um, conditions. And I don't know. I, I, I told um, some other people this story, and they're just looking at me crazy. But it's like, hey, you know, on CNN, about three and a half weeks ago, there was a girl that was 26 that nearly died from the coronavirus. And if she would have waited a few days after to go to the hospital, she wouldn't be here. And she was healthy as a horse. So, I don't think I'm being extra, um, but apparently people are um, There is a story about, I wanna say a month ago, about people flocking to Florida for spring break. 
I don't get it. I don't get it. Like with everything else going on, like why would you risk your life going on vacation? I mean, like, is, is, is it just me? Am I crazy? Or do people just not take this stuff seriously? Um, I think it's a mix of people, some people doing things that are blatantly reckless. It, like, for example, the people that went to Florida and all that. Um, some of it, I think people are being a little too paranoid about it, but it, you need to find a healthy balance in the middle. So have you heard the conspiracy theory? Oh my God, there is this guy on my Facebook. I need to get him to be a guest on the show one day. But he posts all these crazy, wacky conspiracy theories that people wouldn't even think is like even possible. Have you heard the theory that there is no coronavirus and that people, people are just dying from 5G? Yes, I've heard the 5G thing, and I, I think it's frankly quite ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We live in the age of 2020. I don't think the government is bullshitting us. Well, they probably bullshit us about some things, but not... Oh, they bullshit uh, us about a lot of things. A lot of things. Oh, you honestly really think they're doing that in 2020? Like, they're bull... They're like, with a, name three things that they bullshit us about. Well, I think right now, at least with the coronavirus, they're overblowing it so they can see how much they can control they can get over us. Really? So you don't like, think uh, this death toll is real? Well, first of all, the death toll is not real at all because if you had some symptoms of the coronavirus, whether you were tested or not, they're including you in that number. So we will never have an entire accurate death toll. Hmm. Like, so, that's just not going to happen. So, do you believe, since the government bullshits, do you believe that this came from wet markets, from bats? I don't think it came from the wet markets. I can't think it came from China's labs researching it on us, re or researching on it, and they screwed up and accidentally let it out. You really think so? Yeah. Because it was being researched by U.S. scientists, French scientists, and Chinese scientists beforehand, and then it all was being done in China eventually. So, so is that where the Bill Gates theory comes from? Because you know, another theory is that Bill Gates is becoming super rich off this. How? I don't know. Because, you know, there is a study similar to what you're saying about a type of... Uh, uh, coronavirus and how it can take over the world, basically. Well, I don't think Bill Gates is becoming rich off this. I think he's partially using it to push his agenda. Hmm. So you think China let it out by accident and now everyone is well, By accident or on purpose, we, we'll never know that. You know, and, and that's funny because, you know, people are saying that China created the virus on purpose to weaken our economy so they could be number one, which they're already number one in some things. But I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, that's not a far stretch to go just based on the fact that if you look at the parts of the um, world that are being affected, a lot of it is major economic centers. New York, London, 
Upper Italy is being affected, which is the major industrial and economic part of Italy. Lower Italy is not. So you believe that China is that power hungry to be the top nation, that they're purposely killing people like at no cost, like some, uh, what do you call it? Some house of cards type shit, some Clinton conspiracy type shit. Well, I wouldn't, it's hard to say given the fact that they don't have the best human rights record out there. Uh, I can't really argue about that. I mean, they, to try to allegedly help control it, they locked people and welded their doors shut to keep them in their houses. I mean, if you have beliefs that differ from the government, you get thrown in a re-education camp where you're forced to do labor. That's pretty crazy. I did not know that. So, Andy, how have you been protecting yourself against this novel coronavirus? Um, I've just been careful being being careful who I hang around. Um, I've been being careful like where I go. That's about it. I'm honestly not that worried about it. Right. And a lot of people I, th- I personally think I already had it back in January. Seriously? But then you got over it? No, because um for like two and a half weeks I had a really bad cough that I nothing would help. And eventually I got over it. That's insane. I honestly think that one of my other family members might have had it too, but then they got over it. I mean, there was really not a lot of reason for younger people to worry just because over a million people have, you know, recovered from it in the U.S. I don't know uh, about the total worldwide, Um, but I mean... If you're a normal, you know, person with no health conditions, you should be fine. I just have the most terrible luck in the world. And so I do extra stuff and take extra uh, precautions. So my advice to you guys is do what Andy's doing. Be careful who you hang around. Don't hang around crazy people who just do crazy stuff because it's going to come back on you. Um, in more ways than just the coronavirus, just so you know. Um, Wash your hands. Basically, you guys just follow CDC guidelines and do not buy masks off the street. Like, like, don't even buy them. Just, Just go online and get a mask. Now, if someone's making you a mask that, you know, you can basically give all your faith in, like your aunt, your mom, your friend, or, you know, some um, volunteers who are government officials are actually making masks. So, like, if the person has, like, something to lose, like, major to lose, or, you know, they're a, a friend or family member, go ahead. But some random person off the street that you don't know, please do not buy masks from them. So, let's move on to our next topic. Joe Biden. So, Joe Biden won the uh, Democratic nomination in Ohio um, on April 28th, and he is, protect- he is projected to be the next Dem- Democratic candidate because he is the only one left. Andy, how do you feel about that? Um, 
It, it'll be interesting to watch given the fact that he seems to be displaying signs of dementia. Really? How so? The, the, the way he acts in some of his public encounters, um, his general demeanor at times, how he's acted in some of the debates. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of, you know, go along with that. Um, in my opinion, it could just be stress from other things, but, you know, as a future potential world leader, you shouldn't really let that stuff show. Um, you know, Bernie Sanders had dropped out, obviously, um, because Joe Biden is super popular, um, you know, basically with the help of Obama. How do you feel about Bernie Sanders not getting uh, the nomination? I don't think he had a chance anyway, because I think at the end, the Democratic National Committee would have rigged it against him again, like they did in 2016. Well, so he, everyone's saying that, you know, the, uh, that the polls are being rigged to be in certain people's favors. Why do you think they hate Bernie Sanders? Why? Because he's not the status quo and he's not someone that they could easily control. Okay. So check it out. So people call politicians liars, right? Which a lot of them are. The majority of them are. But keep in mind that Bernie Sanders was talking about wiping out all student loans. He was talking about giving more in food stamps. He was basically giving false ideologies that our country personally could not reach. Now, if he was running in Sweden, Finland, even China, you know, some of those things may be feasible. But the way that our country is set up, I mean, some of that stuff was damn near impossible. So, I mean, and... Well, yeah, it would have been, like, just for example, taking the student loans and forgiving them all. That would have taken, I don't, I'm not sure on the number, but probably billions of dollars of money out of the national budget. And that would have, and never, okay, that would have basically, like, I, I wholeheartedly agree that the cost of college is absurdly high. And it's gone up dr drastically so with the availability of student loans. But also, you can't just forgive all of them. Like, that fiscally is irresponsible. Right. Right, exactly. That's why, me personally, I have a hard time believing that the election is being rigged against Bernie. I believe that there are a lot of people like me who think rationally and who understand how the system works and listen to the platform that he gave and was basically just shaking their heads like, yo, like this stuff is impossible. And even if you put these plans in place, it would take years to get everything done and it would just get undone by a Republican president. Um, but getting well, a little bit- The thing you have to understand with Bernie, is that he had a lot of good ideas 
and a lot of them that sounded good, but the majority of them were never going to be feasible because of the lack of money. Exactly. And, you know, me personally, I mean, people say that it's, it's that the elections were constantly rigged against him. Me, I just feel like they were just everyday people who know how stuff works and they're like, you know what, this is never going to happen. Either this guy is lying to everyone thinking everyone is stupid or he's crazy and I'm going to go with the latter. Um, do you believe that he could have beaten Donald Trump in two I'm sorry, go ahead. The election was rigged against Bernie. But it's that the process was rigged against Bernie. The process. So go ahead and... The Democrats rigged the entire election process against him. Yeah, yeah. I've, 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 I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, things to go along with that. Do you feel like, you know, that kind of happened because they thought... Well, originally, do you believe that it happened because they thought that Clinton was a shoe-in up until election night, and they're like, damn, what did we do? Because they they have been trying to get this man impeached and then kicked out for, like, years. Years and years. And, like, they fail each and every time. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, do, do you think that if they wouldn't have rigged, apparently, apparently rigged the 2016 election, do you think that Bernie would have beat Donald Trump? I think it would have been a lot closer than it was. I don't know if he would have beat him or not, because it would have depended entirely on the college turnout. I think that if the college students turned out in large numbers i think bernie would have beat trump without a doubt the black vote was lacking too well also a lot of black people still voted for trump i believe not the black people i know i'm black and the people in my family were like hell well i'm talking about as an overall not just in anecdotal groups yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, there is Kanye West and maybe people were following him. I don't know. Like, I have not met a single black person um, in, during 2016 that sided with Trump. Now, after this whole coronavirus thing happened and the Republicans kind of got some common sense, I've seen more and more black people le- lean towards Trump. Um, the unanimous 96 to zero vote, in my opinion, was astounding. Um, you know, and it's really sad because the Republicans basically figured out everything that that they were doing wrong. They got some common sense and uh, the Democrats are still lacking. In my opinion, I feel like Tim Ryan should have been, um, you know, in the race, running, you know, trying to get things done. Um, I don't know. I mean, Joe Biden, he's a great guy. He's a great candidate. I believe that he could do a great job, but he's not an Obama. You know, Obama was charismatic and he was funny and he was good with people. 
And, you know, that's the thing that people like about uh, Donald Trump, um, besides other ide ideologies that I don't agree with. You know, Donald Trump is a very charismatic guy. You know, he says a lot of things that you shouldn't really say, but like he knows how to draw a, cr a crowd. Obama knew how to draw a, a crowd and still knows how to get people going. Um, Joe Biden well, is very quiet. The thing with Trump is he brings this air of positivity about him, which I think a lot of people like. Like yeah. if you listen to him speak, he tries to make everything seem positive and happy and all that. And that kind and like, of like we're making progress. We're doing great. It's awesome. Yeah. People don't and I think just that draws people to him. People don't want to hear sad crap all the time. Like um, you know, Donald Trump takes from his business background. I mean, he may have gone bankrupt a few times. But, you know, he's been in business for well over 30 years, probably more than that. Um, in business, it is important to be like, everything is great. Everything is going great. Everything is peachy and not really, you know, let people know that basically things aren't going great. And so, you know, I, I pretty much credit his business background to basically winning everything. Um, you know, that stuff with North Korea, um, I believe could have been handled better. I mean, he, North Korea pretty much made a mockery out of the U.S. They're like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then like some months later, they go and they test things and they do whatever. Um, you know, I don't like that countries don't take us seriously, but you know, He's a people person. And well, the problem is we're not going to, I doubt we'll ever have a president like Reagan who, when Gaddafi didn't do what he wanted, he dropped a bomb through his bedroom window. Um, like that, that's not going to happen in this day and age. No, it's not. And everyone was worried about, you know, basically Donald Trump going and um, blowing up stuff. Which, you know, I, I pretty much said, you know, he probably said it. He probably thinks it. But people aren't going to let him do that. Um, so, you know, right. you mentioned earlier that, you know, presidents are controlled. I do agree with that to a degree. So do you think that they're being controlled by the people with the highest IQs in uh, the world? So let's say Bill Gates is like the smartest guy in the world, right? Do you think that he has power over Donald Trump if, if he is one of the controllers of the U.S.? I mean, I don't think that they're being controlled. I would argue that with a lot of them, they have people who influence them or even for some of them that just have dirt on them and they do what they want because of that right so you don't think that you know donald trump is dumb enough to do some like crazy shit and people are basically looking like what the hell are you doing 
I mean, like, 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 I mean, like, 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 he does, he does like, crazy dumb shit, shit all but the time not, on Twitter, but I mean, yeah, but like, he's not going over. Oh, we're starting a war. We're doing this. We're doing that. Blah blah blah. No, I don't think he's stupid enough to start a war for no reason. Um, I, I mean, if you look at it, he's been drawing our troops back and drawing down our wars. Right. So. You know, a lot of people think he's like an idiot who just goes and says whatever. I think he's dumb at some things, but I think he's letting people think he's super dumb to kind of like get over on people, you know. And in my opinion, I believe that he says dumb, ignorant stuff because he knows he can say it and he knows that he can get away with it. Should he be saying it? No. Is anything going to happen? No. Um, that's just the type of person that he is. He knows what he can do and what he can't do. So I personally feel that Donald Trump is going to win the election again. Um, you know, now I, I feel like he'll, before I felt like he was going to win because no candidate really jumped out at me as a hands-on, you know, uh, basically loud-talking candidate, someone that could basically meet meet his energy. Like, if there was a candidate that was charismatic and energized, um, you know, I believe that, you know, this would be his last term in office. And then, you know, with the coronavirus stimulus package passing, um, you know, with people getting extra money and unemployment, with small businesses getting loans and stuff like that, I believe that that specifically sealed his term in office. Um, you know, I don't want that to happen, but unfortunately, I feel like that's what's going to happen. And I wish Joe Biden the best of luck. And I hope that he really, uh, I hope that he really steps up. So, Andy, what do you have for us in sports today? Well, the MLB finally released a memo the other day that teams can start refunding um, customers on their own for games that are not going to be played or have not been played. Good. Which has been nice because at least personally for me, I the Indians have been holding over $300 of my money so far this year for tickets to various games. So they, they, in the Indians case, they offered you the opportunity to either get a refund or you can apply it at the value of the tickets at plus 10% as credit towards tickets for a game later this year if they play or next year. Nice. So that's nice of them. Nice. I know a lot of people had been waiting for a long time to find out what they were going to do about the tickets for outstanding games hmm. so with all the social distancing going on i mean are our teams still practicing or is that not right now no um, home? there was talk there was talk about the nba might open the practice facilities sometime in may where where it's possible but that would only be limited. I think they were saying like four players at a time. So it would basically be like lifting weights and working out, not actually practicing. Well, at least you're staying in shape. Um, who are you most excited to see get back on the field? 
Probably at this point, the Indians. The Indians? Yeah. Because I, I had a lot of fun at the games last year. I went to opening day, the All-Star game, um, like 20 other games. So it'll be nice to see that them get back out there and playing. Hopefully it'll happen sometime this year. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully. Um, Governor DeWine did not open um, – stadiums yet i believe that malls are going to be the first to open um and i believe that stadiums and stuff are going to be the last to open um so hopefully you're right let's uh speak it into um existence and hope for the best so i'm thinking that probably the last thing to be open will be indoor concerts and indoor sports Really? Oh, just because people are all huffed together? Because they're all congregated together inside, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, like, the air has, has like, nowhere to go and stuff. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Ugh. Right. I'm just shaking, thinking about it. In celebrity news, Gigi Hadid um, is now pregnant. Do you know who that is? I have heard of her. It, she's married, right? Um, I don't think she's married. So the background on this is that like Gigi Hadid and Zane broke up. He made a song called uh, a Pillow Talk. They were quarantining together and now she's pregnant. Um, I personally think it's it was planned because they had this public breakup. They had a song about themselves. I'm not sure if she was in the video. She might have been. Um, and now all of a sudden they're back together and they're expecting their first child. I believe that was kind of planned in my opinion. I don't know. It it just seems way too perfect and way too ironic. Um, but they're both beautiful people and, you know, their baby's obviously going to be beautiful and spoiled. Um, I both love them both. Um, I'm sorry. I love them both. Um, Zane is a great performer. Um, you being a guy probably don't care about one direction, but me when I was younger, oh my God, they were my everything. And Gigi Hadid is just like a cool person. Like she's a, a, a talented model. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy for them both. Um, you know, people are annoyed that celebrities plan stuff like this, but personally, I mean, it's just, it's, it's business. You know what I'm saying? Like they're paid to keep us entertained. So. Yeah. Hopefully they end up turning out very beautiful babies. (laughs) I don't know. They, they might have a kid or two and then break up and then get back together. We will see. So Andy, uh, what was the, I'm sorry, how can I uh, rephrase this? What thing did you enjoy eating the most this week? Probably the pizza that you gave me on your birthday. Oh my God, yes! It was delicious. Ah, yes. That's my favorite thing too. So you guys, um, April 25th was my birthday. I made a um, deep dish pizza topped with four different cheeses, olives, 
banana peppers and my homemade Italian sausage. Um, that was one, one of my favorite things too. I also made some caramelized oranges. Um, people are into candy and all of these other, you know, additives and, and um, preservatives that aren't good. You know, if you um, wanna like eat something healthy, uh, that's a dessert and you know, you're interested in making your own pizza. I, I also made my own pizza dough from scratch. Um, go ahead and check out my newspaper's link in the blog. Um, I mean, ugh, link in the bio. I have my own uh, section on my newspaper's website. Um, both recipes are in there, um, along with some other things I made for my birthday. So if you guys are hungry and want to check out some uh, new recipes, go ahead and click on the link in the bio. So Andy, what is the one thing you want to share this week? Uh, something this week that really brightened your day? Um, I finally got my Xbox back from the police after it had been stolen thrown out the window of a moving car at 50 miles an hour, cartwheeled through the grass three times, and it still works. Oh my God, you told me about that. The, do, do you wanna like go into detail without giving out a whole bunch of like information on like what happens? Um, not really right now, maybe <laughs> after I've gotten them all convicted of felonies. Oh my God, dude. Okay, so I'm not gonna ruin it, I'm gonna let Andy, go ahead and tell his spiel on uh, when all of this legal stuff is over. But the only thing I'm going to say is that this is some grand theft auto stuff. And this is not made up like, oh my God, he was posting on Snapchat and he was sharing on Facebook. And I saw some other things that the girl said. And it was like the craziest thing ever. So you guys stay tuned to listen to Andy. Uh, when stay tuned to listen uh, when Andy feels ready to uh, share his crazy story. Oh my God, the craziest things happen to you. So my favorite thing this week, um, you know, my, my birthday was not too long ago. Um, I got a diffuser for my birthday. So um, I'm not quite sure, sure what the brand is. I would have to look at the box, but basically I got a really nice diffuser. It came with lavender and peppermint essential oils. And you guys, essential oils are the way to go. If you want to basically relax during bath time or just, you know, uh, have it in your room to just feel good and not have to take any extra pills or any extra anything to give you a, to give you a boost, I would suggest getting a, a diffuser and, you know, trying it out for yourself. So if you guys have any suggestions for our show or just want to tell us how we're doing, um, go ahead and email your suggestions, your questions, your comments to the email um in the link i'm sorry Ugh, i can't talk to i can't talk today go ahead and email your suggestions your questions your anything um to the email 
um, in the bio. And the email is going to be Nicolette's Not So Secret Diary. So we have uh, Techie Talk with David coming up. We have Gaming with Andrew coming up. We have tips for rejuvenating and restful sleep coming up. We have an audio story coming up. And then we have a segment with me and Andy basically talking about our favorite things. Uh, the segment is called That's a Mood. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little introduction blurb. Go ahead and enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome to Tips for Rejuvenating Restful Sleep. I have Dr. Christina McGuire with me today. Christina, how are you? I'm doing great, Nicolette. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. Thank you for being on the show. Um, can you give our listeners a brief history about yourself and some um, insight on what you do? Absolutely. So the basis of my practice is treating sleep, breathing, and pain disorders in both adults and children. So sleep breathing disorders are those subset of sleep disorders that entail things like obstructive sleep apnea, upper airway resistance syndrome, snoring, and things like that of the like. So all sort of revolved around how well we breathe while we sleep. So that is what my specialty practice is on. I also treat pain disorders, so things like headaches, migraines, craniofacial pain, which just means face around the jaw, um, the face, you know, and the neck, so on and so forth. So that is what my practice is, and so I'm very excited to be here with you today to talk about sleep. So um, our first topic is going to be um, basically who needs the most sleep, men, women, or children? So great question. So when we look down to hours of sleep, I wouldn't necessarily separate it into gender as much as I would age. So okay. really when we're looking at who needs more sleep, men and women, just depending on their age, are gonna be about the same. And then children really need a significant amount more sleep. So when you're looking at um, recommended hours of sleep for adults, you're going to be looking somewhere in the range of seven to nine hours. And it's really important to make sure that you're getting at least those seven hours because studies have shown us that anything less than seven hours of sleep, so where most people are getting only about five to six and a half hours of sleep per night, anything less than seven is considered sleep deprivation. And when we chronically sleep deprive ourselves, we actually run the risk of quite a lot of disorders, um, impacts on systems of the body, effects on the brain, you know, difficulties with concentration and so on and so forth. Okay. All right. Now, um, with men and women, um, have you noticed that like between uh, the genders more, one gender complains more than the other gender? They have different complaints, so um, it just kind of depends on what the complaints would be. So usually men tend to fall more into the category of obstructive sleep apnea. It tends to affect men more than it does women, um, or they just have been diagnosed more than women have been. And so for that subset of people who have obstructive sleep apnea, or as we'll call it OSA, 
they tend to complain more of things like sleepiness, so being excessively fatigued or tired in the daytime, sort of really never feeling well rested, whereas women's complaints seem to be a little bit different. So women who suffer from sleep disorders often have something that's called upper airway resistance syndrome, which falls in the category of sleep apnea, but it's a bit different in that the airway itself doesn't completely obstruct. So a lot of complaints you get for women are more on the lines of fatigue. So just this generalized feeling of fatigue, um, depression, anxiety, a lot more psychosocial issues that women complain of than men do. So the complaints tend to be a little bit different. I would say who complains more, it's probably about equal. It's just what the complaints are that tend to be a little bit different. Okay. And then of course in children, complaints are completely different. Okay, um, can you go into how children um, are affected by certain types of sleep uh, disorders? Sure. So as far as recommended hours of sleep goes, now that varies from if they're a newborn to an infant to a toddler to preschool years. So the younger they are, generally speaking, the more sleep that they'll need. So when you're looking at newborns, they need about 14 to 17 hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. As you get a little bit older, under a year old, um, out of the newborn stage, you're still at about 12 to 15 hours of sleep. If you have kids that are preschool age, so three to five years, they still should be getting about 10 to 13 hours of sleep. And that's including things like naps, if your kids at that age are still napping. And that should really be restful, uninterrupted sleep. So a lot of parents always complain, well, my kids are up, you know, four, five, six times a night. Um, that's not normal. So if your kids are waking and rousing that frequently, it could indicate the sign that there is something more severe going on. So what most kids, I shouldn't say most, but one sleep disorder that we do see that kids suffer from is sleep apnea. And sleep apnea in children is scored extremely differently than it is in adults. And the, what I mean by scored is in order for you to be diagnosed with sleep apnea as an adult, you need to have at minimum five events or apneic events, meaning you stop breathing per hour. In order to be diagnosed as a child, it only goes down to one. So even only having one event per hour will predispose that child and, and actually put them in a category of having sleep apnea. Okay. So oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so kids, you know, versus adults, when adults are sleep deprived, they're tired, right? So they're either fatigued or they have a lot of depression, anxiety, they're sleepy, things like that. Kids are a complete opposite spectrum. So it's almost, um, they get hyper, right? So if you ever been around a small child when they haven't slept enough, you know they're not usually normally just kind of falling asleep, right? If you've right. ever been at the end of a day and you're at like at a family dinner or something like that, and you know your kid needs to go down to get some sleep, all of a sudden they're kind of bouncing off the walls. Their emotions are kind of everywhere, right? So behaviorally they start to get a little wild and crazy. And so that's how kids normally present when they're sleep deprived. They don't actually show up as sleepy. What they show up as is hyper. So what we're seeing a huge correlation or a, a relationship is, is diagnoses of ADHD in kids and those kids actually having sleep disorders. So a lot of times we're diagnosing these kids and medicating them for things like ADHD, when in reality, not all, but a lot of them actually do suffer from an undiagnosed sleep disorder. And once that sleep disorder now gets rectified or cured, you know, so we get the sleep disorder well controlled, then a lot of these hyperactive behavioral issues that these kids suffer from tend to go away. Okay. Um, now, what age do teenagers start showing the same uh, 
uh, side effects as uh, mm, I'm sorry. What <laughs> what age do teenagers start showing the uh, same uh, effects as uh, adults dealing dealing with uh, sleep ap sleep apnea? That's a great question. So I will say one thing about teenagers, and this is something that we often have to educate our patients and their parents on. Teenagers actually have what we call a, de a delayed circadian rhythm. And what that means is they naturally have a propensity to want to fall asleep later on in the evening. So I know a lot of parents of teenagers struggle. You know, they say they never want to go to bed on time. They're up till 12 a.m., 1 a.m., you know, in the morning, things like that. And then, of course, you know, people still need their seven to nine hours of sleep. So if a teenager doesn't feel like falling asleep till midnight, teenagers, so I don't know that they're the hard and fast, you know, at this age is when they stop being hyper and they start to be more tired. But I'd say if you're looking high school, medium, school age, somewhere around there, 14, 15 is when you're going to start to see fatigue and sleepiness okay. be a factor. I certainly know a lot of my teenage patients who are in that 14, 15 age range, they are complaining and presenting with issues of tiredness and fatigue more so than hyperexcitability. Okay, now can you go more in depth about sleep apnea? Um, can it sometimes lead to death from lack of sleep or kind of really describe what uh, sleep apnea is? Yes, absolutely. So sleep apnea, I will say, is certainly not something that you want to ignore. Um, and there are certainly certain signs and symptoms that we will talk about that you should be looking for to find out if you are at a higher risk of sleep apnea. But essentially what sleep apnea is, is when the tissues in the throat actually close off, not allowing you to breathe while you're sleeping. So if you all know, we have obviously our tongues. We can all kind of feel our, our tongues in our mouth and the roof of the mouth. And we have all these soft tissue structures inside the throat but we don't actually have any bones or anything to stent open the airway when we sleep. So we're just really relying on muscles to keep our airway open while we're resting and while we're sleeping at night. So what ends up happening is due to a number of different factors, obesity kind of being probably one of the most recognized ones is that you have this impingement of the airway. And so the airway goes from being a nice big normal size into constricting down in size. And so when sleep apnea is, is that that airway is actually closing off at nighttime, not allowing you to breathe properly. And so the bigger issue with that is not so much that you're not getting oxygen because you'll wake yourself up before you allow your oxygen levels to drop significantly low. Although it's quite frightening to see how low some people's oxygen levels can drop. But the biggest issue with that is the frequent arousals that happen when you have something like sleep apnea because you're arousing yourself out of these nice deep sleep stages. And so you're constantly in this light sleep stage. And that's why these people are tired all the time. Um, you know, in addition to that, you're always getting, every time you have to arouse yourself out of sleep, you get this fight or flight response of your nervous system. So I know we've all heard of this stress hormone cortisol, right? So every time you can't breathe and you're literally suffocating, you kind of have to arouse yourself and wake up like that, you get this hit of cortisol, which stimulates that sympathetic nervous system or that fight or flight response. 
which can lead to a whole stream of um, health consequences from that. So we know that people who have sleep disorders like sleep apnea, or even just people who don't allow themselves to get enough sleep, suffer from things like increased risk of Alzheimer's disease, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorders, increased risk of suicides, chronic pain, and in the body, it can also lead to an increased risk of cancers, diabetes, heart attacks, infertility, weight gain, obesity, and certainly right now, uh, something that is very timely is it also significantly decreases our immune system and our immune functions when we aren't getting appropriate sleep. So yes, ultimately, it's not a matter of if you have an untreated sleep disorder, if that is going to take your life, it's, it's when, especially if it's not being treated properly or treated at all. A lot of people just kind of ignore it because they just don't want to have the diagnosis, but really it's not something that should be ignored. Okay. Um, now, some of those side effects, um, are they more prevalent in women than men or men or women or? No, um, I would say again, when we talk about complaints that women have, Women are more prone to things like anxiety, depression, um, those sorts of psychological disorders when it comes to sleep deprivation. But as far as increased risk of things like the cancer, diabetes, weight gain, um, heart disease, that risk is the same across both populations. I will say men do have a higher risk of getting sleep apnea. Um, and they are in a higher risk category. So what puts somebody at a higher risk? Well, certainly being a man is a risk factor, being older, because again, these muscles, just like the muscles in our body, they tend to become weaker. So the muscles in our throat, I guess I should say, because we are on audio, so people can't see that I'm pointing to my neck. Um, excess weight, so obesity, is going to greatly increase your risk of sleep apnea, kind of like I mentioned. So only a 10% weight gain, just 10%, which isn't really a lot. If you're 100 pounds and you have 10% extra weight, that's 110 pounds there, you're going to have a six times higher risk of sleep apnea. And the reverse is true. So if you lose that 10% of weight, a lot of that risk goes down. So family history of sleep apnea is also a big risk factor. So if you have an immediate relative, a parent, brother, sister, like that with sleep apnea, you're more likely to have it. Um, things like use of alcohol, sedatives, tranquilizers, things like that to help you sleep, increase your risk for sleep apnea, smoking. There's a lot of risk factors, but certainly men are at a higher risk than women. Okay. Um, now, sleep apnea and insomnia, are they the same thing? They are not the same, but they are actually tied. And okay. I'll explain that to you. So... Sleep apnea, so having insomnia doesn't always mean that you're going to have sleep apnea and having sleep apnea doesn't always mean that you're going to have insomnia. Now every sleep disorder, insomnia is considered its own sleep disorder, just like sleep apnea is considered a sleep disorder. So there's an entire classification of different sleep disorders and they are in two different classes, the two of them. But some recent research has pointed that people with insomnia, about 80% of the population that they studied actually had an undiagnosed sleep disorder, which would be like sleep apnea, and that was the reason for their insomnia. So there's a lot of different reasons people have insomnia. It's one of the most common sleep disorders that people suffer from is insomnia, but there's a lot of different reasons that go into insomnia besides just sleep apnea. Okay, um, now, um, do some sleep disorders cause you to lose weight? 
not any of the ones that I treat in my clinic. So there certainly are some psychiatric disorders such as major depressive disorders, bipolar disorders, generalized anxiety, PTSD, schizophrenia that are going to predispose you to have something like insomnia. It's one of the symptoms of these psychiatric disorders Mm -hmm. is insomnia. Um, But as far as the patients I treat in my clinic, no, we don't see a lot of weight loss with the sleep disorders that we treat. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for talking with me today, Christina. It was a joy. Um, Can you leave our listeners with one life hack they can use every day? One life hack. Well, I will just say one sort of a PSA public service announcement here is if you show any of the signs of sleep apnea that we have talked about. So snoring is a big one. Um, pauses in breathing while you sleep, waking yourself up gasping or choking, or if a bed par- partner notices that you stop breathing while you sleep, certainly, certainly make sure that you go and see a healthcare professional about that so that you can get properly tested. Because like I've mentioned, this is certainly not something that you want to ignore ignore the signs of because it can greatly affect your health and your longevity. So that would be my one tip is if you are suffering from this or think you might be, go ahead and get it checked today. Okay. All right. Thank you, Christina. We will see you later. Thank you, Nicolette. Okay. So I have that one. Can you still hear me? I can. Okay, great. So that is being transferred. I wish this thing would stay in one place. It was getting on my nerves the whole time. (laughs) What is it? My, um, okay, so I'm not really good with MacBooks. So I am recording on the computer and on my uh, recorder. Okay. So I'm trying to place the microphone a certain way. And it doesn't want to stay. <laughs> Welcome to Techie Talk with David. Um, we will be discussing the lifelong debate which um computer operating system is better windows or macintosh david how are you doing great how are you i'm pretty good pretty good um can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself sure thing i am a senior systems engineer i've been working in it just under a decade uh worked for companies as small as you know mom and pop shops to large financial organizations okay um so windows macintosh um can you give a brief history on both and um go ahead and tell our listeners which one you prefer and why um brief history is a little hard uh both have been around for around around about 30 years now um between microsoft starting off as a project from ibm and apple starting out in a garage um they're they're definitely very very different under the hood um and they've always both companies have always aimed at very different audiences in the past um microsoft has always been around the um a work-centric or business-centric uh design 
they've come around a little bit recently, uh, but Apple has always been the uh, user-first, creative design mentality around it. Um, that said, for me personally, I use both. I have uh, an iMac that I am actually joined in on the Zoom call right now, um, but it is actually running Windows. No. <laughs> Is that is is that even possible? I'm sorry. I'm I'm just so like I'm not tech savvy at all. That's crazy. You have a MacBook, but it's running Windows. Yes. Yeah, it's it's a feature within uh, Mac OS Bootcamp. So, what exactly does that all entail? I mean, I know there's like Office 360, but I didn't know you could actually run Microsoft software on a MacBook. Absolutely. So um, even though Apple and Microsoft are rivals, they do work uh, fairly closely with each other. Um, they're in, in the past, close to over 20 years ago, I want to say, um, they did have quite a few um, legal battles in terms of um, trying to block each other out of the market. Um, but as of today, Microsoft especially is very happy to work with just about anyone. Um, they, they basically just want to get their foot in the door no matter where it is. Okay. Um, now, can you explain to our listeners why um, Macs cost so much more than any type of uh, Microsoft desktop or laptop? So it's, it's fairly simple um, in terms of big price difference. Um, Apple is incredibly, I guess the best word uh, would be meticulous in terms of their hardware build quality. So in the case of you know, a MacBook, a Mac, MacBook Air, MacBook Pro, an iMac, um, they're all made out of this uh, finely machined aluminum. They've got a, a huge amount of quality, build quality associated with them. Uh, and that man, that manufacturing cost does get pushed down to the consumer. So that does absolutely increase their price versus, you know, um, a cheap laptop that you pick up from Best Buy that's, you know, basically all plastic. That said, there, there absolutely are uh, Windows machines that are comparable in price um, and in build quality to a lot of Apple's offerings. So Microsoft's Surface Pro series, their Surface Laptop. Um, Sony uh, traditionally has fairly high quality uh, builds available. Um, and the same thing is true for HP and Dell. Their more expensive models do offer high quality. Um, so that's really the big price difference you see between, you know, a cheaper plastic Windows machine and an all aluminum uh, iMac or MacBook. Okay. Um, so, would you say that kind of contributed to Bill Gates' wealth? Because, you know, someone who doesn't have, you know, a lot of money can can get a computer versus versus you know someone buying a MacBook. You know, they have to have um, a little bit more. So, would you say that? Bill Gates kind of being price conscious and thinking about the everyday American um, contributed to his wealth? So historically, while Bill Gates was um, 
essentially running Microsoft, their view was not primarily on the you know home PC. That's not really who they um, built Windows for. They built it for businesses. Um, and in the case of a business, you want you know the lowest possible cost um, for anything. You know that's that's the best way to make a business run. Um, keep your costs low, and you can make a little bit more money. Okay. And when it comes to the Surface Pro, um, I don't know if I'm up to date on that exactly, but I know that um, Windows has, has had that uh, specific model or specific type of computer for about five years and the MacBook has yet to come up with a touchscreen. Is that true? And if it's true, why do you think that is? So I'm I'm fairly sure you're right, but I, I don't I don't think the, uh, Apple has a current MacBook that has a touchscreen. Um, I can't tell you exactly why that is. My only guess would be the the design of the Surface is a little bit different than a MacBook. A MacBook is more of a traditional what's called a clamshell laptop and a microsoft surface pro is i mean it's a tablet with a detachable keyboard so it kind of has to have a touch screen um i, I guess you could probably pull a lot of reasons maybe they don't want to cut into ipad sales um there could be you know a number of reasons why apple hasn't done it yet um Maybe they will someday. I don't know. But the new MacBook does have a fingerprint um, detector, doesn't it? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. I haven't checked. Okay, that's just what I heard. Um, and then the last and, well, actually, n not the last question. Um, so there are a lot of PC gamers out there. Now, I know you can build your own PC via Windows parts. Can you build your own MacBook to play PC games? And if you can, are the graphics better on a MacBook uh, versus a, a, a Windows? So, technically, you can build your own Mac. Um, it's called a Hackintosh. It's more for enthusiasts to do than you know, your average day-to-day -day person. I can't really say that you're going to get um, that big of a difference in terms of, you know, uh, video game quality um, on Mac versus Windows in terms of, you know, the performance you get out of the hardware. Hardware is hardware, so whatever it can do, it can do. Um, and the operating system itself isn't going to play a huge role in that. Okay. Um... So altogether, Bill Gates, um, Steve Jobs, who is the better businessman, who is the better tech person, and who is just the all-around um, tech creative business genius? Just like the better everything um, in general. Um, well, I can't say that I know them personally, um, but from all the interviews I've seen and everything I've read, uh, Bill Gates is 100% the tech guy. Um, and Steve Jobs is definitely the businessman. Um, they're, they're both, they were, they're Steve Jobs, uh, since he's passed away, they're, they're 
definitely both huge, um, hugely successful um, in terms of what they did and how they did it. So obviously, uh, Bill Gates was the world's richest man for, I want to say, about 10 years straight. Um, now it's Jeff Bezos. Um, do you know how he got to be the richest man on earth versus Steve Jobs, who produces, you know, better hardware, sells technology basically at a really, really high price? but still fell behind Bill Gates and wealth. So I don't know the specifics in terms of how their stocks were set up, um, but that is essentially why Bill Gates is as rich as he is. He has more stock and it's worth more than um, what Steve Jobs had. Um, Microsoft, I want to say maybe a year or two ago, became the first company to be worth $1 trillion. Oh my gosh. Um, Yep, that's so they are, they were, um, I think they still are monetarily um, worth more than any other organization. Um, that said, um, Microsoft and Apple as, as, as companies are very, very different. Apple has a very specific set of products. Um, they have Mac OS, they have their uh, MacBooks, iMacs, their iPhones and iPads. Microsoft, on the other hand, is in nearly every single industry that produces software. Absolutely every single one. Um, there, uh, Microsoft has made software not just for PCs and laptops and phones. Um, they've made aviation software. They've made software for road development, uh, GPS navigation, anything under the sun, um, Microsoft probably has or had a product software for it. Um, they have their own uh, CRM, ERP systems. Uh, they run a huge uh, cloud infrastructure um, through Microsoft Azure. Um, they run their own uh, servers with Windows Server. Many, 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 many businesses run Windows servers uh, within their organization. So it's not just the personal computer, the phone, or the tablet that Microsoft is in, in the sense that Apple is. They are diversified across the board. Wow. And now I know. All right, David, um, thank you for chatting with us today. Um, can you leave our listeners with one life hack they can use in their everyday lives? Uh, Windows updates and updates to Mac OS are your friend. Uh, they do, in fact, fix things 99% of the time. Don't push them off too long. Make sure you do them. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for being on the show. We will talk to you soon. Thank you. Today in Gaming with Andrew, we are going to get behind um, the history of, P of PC gaming. What is it? What kind of games you can play? Stuff like that. Um, joining us will be Andrew Beal. 
Um, he is a graduate from Ohio University and he specializes in gaming media. Andrew, how are you? Hi, doing good. Thank you for having me. So Andrew, um, go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. As you uh, said earlier, I'm a graduate from Ohio University. I'm a bit of a PC gaming kind of sore, but I also like a good hike in the hike in the woods here there. Nice. So, um, what got you started in PC gaming? I'd say PC gaming. What got me started into it was around towards the end of the life cycle of the PlayStation Three, and early on, and early on when the PlayStation first came out was because I was tired of buying a whole nother system in which I knew if I build a computer if I build it with the right components I may have to swap out one component every 10 years unlike console like you know when like when the PlayStation 4 came out if you wanted PlayStation 4 games you had to buy a whole PlayStation 4 it's not like you'd get an add-on for the PS3 and use that utilize that Nice. Um, so can you explain to our listeners how, what, when did PC gaming start and how has it changed? Yeah, PC gaming has actually been around for quite a while. You could argue that, you could argue that when, when Pong first came out, it was first, first, it was a separate device separate like device thing but could argue that was also a pc nice yeah in the 90s pc gaming it was very when games were got on computers they were very very simple some like checkers a lot of text adventure game text games they were very simple pixelated graphics okay nice um so we had discussed uh, previously off the air that you went to Ohio University. Um, can you tell our listeners um, a little bit about the classes that you took that are PC gaming related? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the classes I took, they're not necessarily come PC gaming, but when you're, when you're developing games... You, you, when you're developing games for the first time, you normally always make it for PC because your computer's right in front of you there making the games on. The first class was, I forget the exact title, but it basically focuses on first games in general. Like, we do talk about electronic games a lot, but we throw in physical games like card games and board games to the mix and talk about theory and just mechanics of some games like blackjack how chance is a factor in it and then once you move on from that and actually make your own physical game whether it's a card game a board game you can pick up an existing game and change the rules a little bit then we moved on to electronic games and when when you're making it you decide whether you can make it for pc and console or just pc it also depends on what kind of game you're making we'll see which Nice. So, um, as far as age range goes, age range and gender, do you see more guys gaming? Do you see a decent amount of women gaming? 
And how old are these people who usually get into PC gaming? I'd say PC gaming um, for male and female, it's not by not looking up any statistics. I would say it's a good 50-50 split nowadays. Um, given your background in technology, um, do you have any clue why that is? I know growing up, gaming was really like uh, a guy's thing. You know what I'm saying? So, yes. I mean, um, do you have any insight on why more girls game now? Well, I know with P, and I talk about gaming in general or PC gaming. Um, PC gaming. PC gaming is one now with computers. There are a lot of different cosmetics, cosmetics to like every computer part. Like you can, like you know, you can you can go into like a store, and now there's like hundreds of different computer cases, so you can make it suit your individual. You can make it look the way you want it, no matter what gender or person you are. Unlike a console, in which that's what it looks like. So you have the visual factor and aesthetic factor, and the access and I would say also the access uh, to information and advertising information and advertising technology because now with our advertising technology everybody's on everybody has a smartphone so they can target certain demographics and genders of advertisement to whatever they're advertising and it turns out now PC gaming heavily advertises on YouTube and phone platforms in particular. Nice. Um, now when it comes to graphics, um, you know, there's PlayStation, there's Xbox, there's um, Nintendo, there's Wii. Um, how would you describe PC graphics compared to all of the other mainstream um, gaming systems? With, with computers, like as long as you build a powerful enough one, because you know, since it's all individual parts, you can make power level across the place. But if you make a really high-end one, you can play, let's say there's um, a new game out that just came out that's on console and PC, the PC one will look better due to one, computer components are just much more powerful, like computers versus console, the components in consoles. And computers have, computer parts have a much, they can process the, basically the game and graphics much better. And there's a specific thing they can do better than consoles is anti-aliasing, which is basically all the edges of objects is 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 the machine rendering it to get a realistic look or as realistic as the object in the game was made. Computers can do that very nice, unlike consoles. Like if you look at a like if you pick up a like a brick, it's supposed. Let's say it was like it was supposed to be really sharp. It may look a little smeary when you're playing a console because the the components in that cannot anti-alias very well. So okay. you can get down the subtle details much more. 
Now, um, you described, you know, basically the power of the PC um, and how it affects how good the graphics look. Um, so I've heard, I'm not a PC gamer, but word of mouth, um, people have told me that you can build your own PC. And so can you go over with our listeners how you would build your PC? Um, you know, how much are the parts usually? And then, you know, depending on how good the graphics, uh, how good you want the graphics to be, how much are how much would you have to spend on each computer uh, piece to get decent looking graphics? I know uh, if my target was resolution 1080p at at least 60 frames per second, I would go... So first I decide that, and then though that's what I want to play at. So I would then... I would then first research an NVIDIA graf- graphics card because they're the, be- they're the best graphics cards out there and the most reliable. And then once I figure out which one which one I want to get, because there's a lot of them out there, I would then find a good uh, processor to pair with that graphics card. And based on the market now, I would go with AMD Ryzen 3rd gens. And then once I got those two, I then know how much RAM I need. And in this case, it would be um, six, 16 gigabytes completely. And then and, and then for coolant, I prefer fans, so I'll just do fans. And then the case would be last because you want to prioritize your components. And once you know the components you want, you'll know how much space they take up. So you want your computer case to be choose that last. Okay, so for someone that's just beginning PC gaming, how much would you want to spend to get a decent computer? And then for someone that's been gaming for a long time and wants, you know, the best processor, the best... It is now time for That's a Move. Bath Bombs. That's a move. I've seen some very cool ones. Movements. That's definitely mood. Thieves toothpaste. Thieves toothpaste. Yes, you haven't. You need to get. You need. You need to get on the uh, health kick uh, that everyone's on. Pineapples. That's a mood. Tacos. That's a mood. Go ahead, I took your turn. Um, margaritas. That's definitely a mood. Cerulean, and in case you don't know what that is, that is basically a neon shade of baby blue. I've never heard of that in my life, but it's Yeah, one more. Uh, rubber ducks. That is definitely a mood. Dad bods. <laughs> I mean, I prefer mom bods, but I guess that's a mood. <laughs> I don't 
don't know. Like every girl's different. Like I know some chicks that like stick, get stick thin, skinny dudes, and then I know some girls that like huge dudes. Like it really depends. Like things aren't black and white anymore. People like different types of stuff. And that was our segment of That's a Move. Today, I am talking with Stowe Councilwoman Christina Shaw. Christina, how are you? Pretty good. Um, thank you for joining me today. Um, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, what titles you've held, family background, um, just basically um, a brief history of what you want everyone to know. Okay. Um, I have grown up and lived in Stowe most of my life. Uh, currently, I'm council at large. I am the ninth woman to ever be sworn into Stowe City Council since it first started in our city. I currently hold the 27th State Central Committee Women's Seat for the Ohio Democratic Party. Um, I had a sister 16 months ago that passed away. She was younger than me. <clears throat> uh, we grew up, we were always, like I said, 16 months apart. We were very close. I'm currently engaged. I have two children, a daughter who's 26, <clears throat> that lives in D.C., and a son who is 24, um, which lives very close to me. Um, my mom and my daughter, I would say, are my best friends. My fiancé and I just rescued a pocket city from the Summit County Humane Society. He's three, he's three months of age, and we named him Biden to fit accordingly. <laughs> um, I went to Kent State University. Um, got a degree in public relations and communications. Um, I've always been in outside sales from eyewear to clothing. Nice, nice. So, did you get your bachelor's in fashion, fashion um, merchandising then, or? No, public relations. Public relations. Nice. So. Obviously, you know that COVID-19 is a really, really big thing going on right now. Um, what precautions have you taken in your personal life to protect yourself from this novel virus? Uh, I've been very careful about social distancing. It is difficult considering what I do. Um, I'm such a people person, but I've been extremely conscientious about it and not to expose my mother to the pandemic or because of her age and also by wearing a mask. I would like to say that I am a cancer survivor, so I am one of those people that are at risk for this, but um, like I said, I'm a very much people person and um, I love to be with people, so this is a very hard time. So I've noticed on your um page on your Facebook page that you had a mask making project um can you go into detail about that where did you get the idea where did you buy the supplies how can people help stuff like that okay well my mask making project has been extremely fulfilling my mother has been helping me it's just her and I we started sewing about three weeks ago and we got stopped um to be honest with you, I've never sewn in my life. 
but um, I feel as a public servant, it is my obligation to make sure people in my community are safe and healthy. We do not charge anything for the masks at all. If someone wants to donate, that's fine. If not, that's fine as well. Uh, we've been filling orders for children, female and males, and cherry colors. And we got the idea from my bout of cancer. So let me go into a little bit of detail about that. Okay. Um, I was in cancer for 12 years, off and on. My children were extremely young. I was a single mother. And there were times I worried about how and where I was going to put food on the table, clothing on their backs, and making holidays and birthdays special. I had was so fortunate um, for my mom, for friends, church, and complete strangers. There were times where my mom and I, we sold all of our jewelry and any valuables to help pay for healthcare costs, insurance that the insurance didn't pay for, and like car payments, rent, you know, et cetera. Uh, so this was a time in my life where we could get back to society. And I dearly love this city, and I want everyone to be safe and healthy. Um, I've had healthcare workers and first responders, sanitation workers, and even long distance truck drivers request the masks. Um, they are female and male specific. Like I said, we've done children, and everything has been in bright cherry colors. Um, colors. I purchased the fabric from Joanne, and um, I purchased, purchased different things on eBay and Overstock.com. So we start sewing every day about 8 o'clock and stop about 6 or 7 at night. Um, I do porch pickups, take tape bags on the front door, and um, so they pick them up or I drop them off. I've been doing a couple drop-offs to people that are elderly or seniors and some people that are homebound. Um, <clears throat> I feel that this pandemic has affected everyone, and I would never want anyone to go unprotected because of a cost factor. So... Um, basically, there's been a big scarcity right now in elastic, and I have purchased 900 square yards uh, of um, elastic, three huge bolts from eBay and Amazon, uh, but now it's very difficult to get it. So, uh, my mom has been absolutely wonderful. She's 74, and she immersed herself into this project. And when I'm asked from people, how can I help? I always say, how can I help you? Um, people have been so lovely to drop off baked goods, dropped off five dollars here, made nice donations. So anything that we have gotten, we have put right back into the project and continue making masks. Right now, I would say we've made um, over five hundred. Oh my gosh, five hundred! <clears throat> five hundred, yeah. And we have more cut, and we are still assembling them. So, um, I, what I did is I asked people on Facebook who wanted them and the cut spread all the way to a couple other states where people have asked for them and I've mailed them to them. Wow. That is something else. Um, do you know anyone else in your city that has done the same thing? Um, can you name any um, notable um, people that have contributed to the mask making? Um, well, let me say um, I know there's other people that are making masks, um, that kind of thing. Um, but I would say that, um, I know that my mom and I are like totally mass producing them because we're working all day on them every day. Like it's our full-time job. Um, I know that I am the only elected official currently in our city, on um, city council that's doing something like this. So, um, I do feel as a public servant, like I said earlier, it's very important to take care of your constituents and uh, protect them in any way possible. And this is my little contribution to society and a way I can help 
my constituents. Nice. Now, people who do not live in the city of Stowe, um, do you have any good tutorial websites that you have used to make the mask so that they can yeah. make them for themselves or they can make them for other people? Sure. Um, actually, and just let me um, back up a little bit. If they don't live in Stowe, they've still got masks. So it's kind of been, like I said, I've had people in other states, so it's not just so particular that I've um, been dispensing them. But um, I, there are a lot of good, really good t tutorials on um, YouTube. Uh, we use one specific mask um, that you use um, elastic over the years, so we don't do the ties. Um, we've just found one pattern and kind of perfected it, and we've been able to size it down for children. So I would suggest if anyone's interested in doing it, go to YouTube and find a tutorial and use one of those because they're great. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, do you personally know anyone that has contracted COVID-19? And if you do, how are they holding up? Um, actually, I've known eight people that um, have contracted it. Um, one is in the process of getting over it. Um, she's two weeks, three weeks out, and she's still having relapses from the disease. Oh, my God. Uh, one person in her family, um, grandfather, has passed away because of it, um, and uh, the other ones I know have been very sick, and um, they are starting to recover very, very slowly, but um, I think when I hear people, you know, on TV or on social media or out, and they say that they think that this is, you know, not a big deal, I think until you actually know someone or actually have a personal um, engagement with somebody who's had this or knows someone, I don't really think people really get it because it is a very serious disease. I totally agree with you. Um, as you know, I live in the Twinsburg Hudson area and studies have just come out about how Twinsburg, Hudson, and West Akron were the top three cities um, with the highest cases. Now, my podcast obviously reaches, you know, Twinsburg, Macedonia, Nordonia, um, Hudson, uh, Stowe, um, you know, just very, very small, close-knit cities. Um, besides following CDC guidelines, um, and, you know, you, you know people who have actually contracted the virus, um, do you have any other uh, tidbits of advice for people, uh, especially in this area, who are very susceptible to the virus um, that isn't listed on the CDC website? Um, you know, I've been asked this question before, and I really don't think a lot of people, like I said a little bit earlier, are not taking this um, very seriously. I see kids um, going and tearing tape off of the playgrounds and playing. Um, I see four men in allotment playing basketball. Um, wow. I think we all need to like stop and pause and really think about this. And, you know, I don't think it's safe for kids that have been in one household to go visit grandma and grandpa on the weekend. Um, because you're, just, you're putting them at risk and you're putting your child at risk. I think we all need to 
yes, I am a Democrat. I think Governor DeWine is doing an excellent job, and I think we all need to really listen closely to the guidelines and the restrictions um, that he has put on the state. So, in your opinion, um, has this virus brought unity among people, or has it, you know, kind of torn people apart, besides um, social distance, distancing? I feel the virus has brought people together. I think in this time of the crisis, it brings out the good and it brings out the bad. Um, but I see people using all different virtual platforms, such as Skype or Zoom and Facebook Live. Um, people writing letters and setting cards. Um, so I think that has brought out the good. And I'll be honest with you, I'm a big social media person, and I've been stopped posting anything political because I believe that this is not a Democrat or Republican thing, the human issue. And um, for all of us, you know, sit and fight and argue over the Facebook or, you know, Zoom or whatever, um, I think that we all need to understand and respect each other and just love one another and share what we have. Um, is there one story that comes to mind that really blew you away um, uh, related to the COVID-19 crisis? Um, you know, I think it, it didn't happen here in Ohio, but when I saw on the national news the family that had lost, I think it was four or five people I saw in that their too. family, um, that really, it really like, you know, kind of hit me hard, especially because, you know, I had lost a sister two years ago and I can't imagine losing that many of your family members at one time. And then on top of that, not being able to really attend the funeral because only 10 people are allowed to attend that. Um, actually, uh, my fiance has a very close friend that just lost his father last night. And I sent a message this morning, and I said, please let us know the arrangements. And they said only 10 people allowed. And, it, you know, it's very, very sad to think, you know, that that is what people have to worry about. And they can't even, you know, visit, uh, you know, and pay respect to their loved ones. I see on TV every night when they show these makeshift morgues. I can't even imagine, I mean, my sister will be gone two years, um, May, May 3rd, and I can't even imagine going through this right now and if she was, if she would have passed during this, because it would have been, it would have been just horrible on my family. So, um, I try to put myself in people's shoes a little bit like that, but um, there's just no comparison to what's going on right now. Now, going back to your job, um, describe a typical day in your work life and how COVID-19 has changed it. Um, I do a lot of public advocacy work. That's basically um, what I do. And uh, actually right now it's all at a standstill. Um, you know, helping at the uh, one of the homes in um, Wayne County for AIDS children. I cannot go there anymore. Um, I was doing a lot with transitional um, men that were coming out of prison and um, getting back into society. I can't go visit them anymore. Um, last year we did a huge Easter egg hunt um, for a very impoverished neighborhood in Akron. And we couldn't do it this year. And, you know, it was so sad because that's the first time that a lot of those children were ever 
about an Easter hunt. And so I think right now people are trying to figure out how can we all come together? When is the next time we can all get together? Now, nothing is ever going to go back to, quote, our normal our normal lives anymore. There's always going to be, you know, something is going to be, I mean, I went to drop off masks to my girlfriend, and she threw, I threw it at the door of her, and she threw something at me, and it was so hard not to be able to hug that person. So I think, you know, that has changed um, my daily life, uh, because I am such a people person, I love people, and I love helping people, and uh, everything has just come to a standstill right now, so it's very difficult. The other thing I will say, my fiance has been told to work from home indefinitely, and I think we all... Before we all hope we want to be around someone for 24 hours, try it. You might change your mind <laughs> a little bit. But um, that's been a little bit difficult to get used to, too, about being around the same person every day, all day long. Now, you mentioned that you um, went to a neighborhood and um, basically made their Easter um actually enjoyable i know that there are a lot of people who you know can't really enjoy the holiday but you know now that covid19 is going around um you you actually really um you know can't enjoy your holiday um so how did you celebrate easter this year um this year um we celebrated easter by watching my church online and um, I played several uh, YouTube uh, music videos that I like and songs that are very precious to me um, from growing up during Easter. And we just had a quiet dinner and that was it. Nice. Um, now, your church, are you guys doing virtual services, virtual Bible studies? Yeah, we're doing virtual services, yes. So, um, and I think, you know, I think that's a great way to stay connected. But I'll be honest, when I, if I have to run out, I had to run out Sunday to go to the pharmacy. And to drive by churches and to see them closed is just, I mean, it's just, you know, it's hard to fathom that. Now, in your opinion, um, well, people are saying that Governor DeWine is actually one of the top three rated uh, governors and doing a really, really good job with the COVID-19 situation. Um, in your opinion, is he doing a good job? Um, you know, compared to other governors, I know that Florida just reopened their beaches. I mean, there's some social distancing going on there, but I don't know. To me, it's too soon, but how do you feel about the situation that's going on and the way that Governor DeWine is handling it. I think Governor DeWine has been spot on. He has done an excellent job. Um, I think it's obvious, you know, he's worked across party lines. Um, he's really nipped this in the bud. I will be honest, I do worry about opening certain things up May 1st. Uh, I just heard today that, you know, the schools are not going to be opening up and uh, even fall is questionable. Um, my big thing is, is, like this past weekend, it was gorgeous out, and there were a lot of people out. I mean, a lot of people. It was just like a normal Saturday when I saw people out. And um, so that's the only concern that I have is 
opening everything up too quickly. I feel that if we open things up too quickly and things start to spike again, and then we have to go back into, you know, our stay-at-home orders, uh, It'll I think it's going to be harder the second time around than it is the first time. So I feel I think it's better to say, be safe and sorry. I agree with you. That can mess a lot of things up, especially since there's some people getting unemployment and then if we go back, they have to reapply. I 100% agree with you. And you know, I understand, you know, we do need to get the economy back. We need, people need to go back to work. And financially, this has not affected, I mean, it's not affected me, my life, my job, that kind of thing, or my fiance's job, or my mom. But I do know people that, you know, by, you know, people that have called me or um, have asked for masks about how, you know, they, they want a mask, but they can't, they don't want to just take one from me. And I'm like, no, just take one from me. I don't care if you have any money or not for it. Um, but it's really sad that in the society, we are too afraid to ask for help. And um, I think, you know, if you're at home, if you're wherever you are, I think you really just need to re this is a hard time for all of us. I heard that the other day on the news that 21 for the uh, medication, you know, medications for depression and anxiety have got up 21%. And I can understand that. I think it's okay for people to say that they're not happy or that they're, you know, down. And I think that um, we just need to be there for each other. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I appreciate it. And I hope to hear from you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time to interview me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. You have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Welcome to The Model Life of the Amicable Jake Parker, Episode 1. Is this a gift from God or the hardest temptation test of my life? Jake and Caroline are having their weekly video chat. Jake likes to check in on Caroline during the quarantine. Well, hello, Miss American Idol. Hi. <laughs> How are How you doing? I'm so happy. It's so much better to see you today. Aww, <laughs> I have been thinking about you. Really? Yeah. Where are you going? I, I, I just miss seeing you and uh, watching a movie with you. It's been forever. I don't even remember when we last saw each other. Right? Oh my gosh, I think it had to have been like seeing Parasite or something. And <laughs> we've so good. We're so good. Respect. I really kind of want that speed though. Like I've been craving like everything during quarantine. Like have you been eating food like it's nonstop? Cause I swear I'm not gonna fit in my pants anymore. Like, <laughs> You know, I, I've been taking advantage of, a, of it. I've been, I've been eating, I've been drinking, I've been working out. Just trying to keep my. It's, it's hard to keep your shape when you're, uh, you're just stuck in your house and you can't go to the gym. Oh, I have not, not been doing anything. Like, I'm so stressed out. Like, this is terrifying and everything. And it's like, oh, I just can't get myself to do anything except, like, watch Tiger Like, every day. That's all I've been doing, is watching Tiger <laughs> that would be great. Aww. I think that's what we need. Well, um, I mean, we could probably figure something out. Like, I could totally, like, send you a text message and then when quarantine's finally over, maybe you could, like, watch it. Yeah, watch Tiger King. 
um, to film um, on our, on our account. <laughs> Sounds great. Oh my gosh, this is totally reminding me of you that guy. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, he like, for sure, he totally reminded me of you too. Like, he tried to give me his number, and I was like, this is the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so. I remember showing up in your door and meeting you for the first time, delivering that pizza. Yep. <laughs> totally exactly the same thing. And you, you, you don't have to like everything right on it. Like, Supreme Pizza, exactly the way I wanted it. Yep. <laughs> I, I had to make sure it was perfect for you. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I think I'm gonna go. Um, I think I'm gonna, you know, we'll see if I can find anything else on television. Tiger King. I don't know if I'm gonna get very far, but we'll see. Okay. <laughs> when will I see you again? Um, you no. Know, I've got a lot of Zoom calls coming up, but you know, just text me. Take yes, a he's popular. American Idol in the oh. making. <laughs> um, you just know because I'm a good singer. <laughs> you are. That's true. Well, all of that sounds great, Caroline. Okay. Great. Well, I will. Oh, and you know what? I just want such a good friend like for real like now that i'm thinking about it you bring me pizza you obviously texted me to even have this call right now and like i don't know you're just a really good friend i gotta thank you you don't have to thank me it's all my pleasure it's oh. so good to be talking to you you're amazing okay all right well i will talk to you later i'll see you soon okay bye bye Striptease happening right in front of you right now. Oh, God. Oh, this is a perfect right? opportunity. Oh, my God. All right, all right. Jake, Jake, listen to me. Yeah. I know, I know. The boobs are amazing. The boobs are sure, amazing. Stay quiet, okay? You don't want her catching you, man. Oh, what if she does? Oh, God. Hey, hey, you've been the nice guy up to this point. You can write it off easy. It's totally fine. Just sit back and enjoy the show. Sit back, enjoy the, oh my God. No, Jake, no. There'll be what? consequences. You've got to say something. What's the matter with you? I don't know what's the matter with me. You're right. You know her, her webcam is on. Think about it. What about the public shame? She's gonna lose her trust in you and you'll lose all your chances with her. Oh God, no, I don't want her to trust I don't want her to lose my faith. I like her more than this. I'm Say something. Keep quiet, man. No, Jake. Say something. Have fun. Hey, Caroline, stop. Stop. <gasps> oh, my God. Were, were you watching me the whole time? Uh, 
Yeah. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> You're amazing. You need to audition for American Idol. Oh my god, that's so nice. <laughs> you need to come with me, for real. Oh my god. I would love to be with you. Oh, so I mean, nice. I would love to be there for you. So welcome. I'm just so glad that I uh, no one was in the room. Right? Oh my gosh. For real though, you are such a nice guy, and I'm so glad we are friends. And that. Trust me. I know. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Yeah, it was good to see you. I was starstruck. I was starstruck. I'm so glad I was there for you. <laughs> I would love to sit in the audience applauding for you and say that is <laughs> You are America's um, idol. <laughs> you, you're ready it without having the title. <laughs> okay. I can't wait to see you on stage. Okay. I will talk to you Off of me! Are you what? Are you what? Right you are a piece of. Sit down! No! Seriously? Dude, come I on! You had a perfect opportunity right perfect in front of you, and you blew it! A perfect opportunity to get caught and and been, been yeah. blown off for what I was not really in for. Oh, please. It's not yeah, like she's, she's ever going to give you anything hot, anyway. That is, I'm trying to win her love. I'm not trying to get some, something stuck. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. No one Have fun being the nice guy while she keeps you in the friend zone. I'll be over here when you need. Yeah, you'll be, yeah, you'll be sitting down for right now, okay? Thank no one you not. No one. Better half. Thank you. Oh, God. You're so I welcome, Jake. Good job. Good job. I'm so proud of you. That was close. It was. Can you imagine her lose, not trusting me anymore, not seeing her anymore just because of some um, mistake? But you, you told her. And she was happy, so we did what we needed to do. Let's have some pizza. Let's. <laughs> and that was the model life of the amicable Jake Parker. Hey guys, I'd like to close out the show um, with thanking everyone that participated in my first official episode. Um, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Julie DeLuizo um, for giving me the opportunity to talk to you guys. Um, she is the only reason why I am able to do this podcast. Um, second of all, I would like to thank Andy for co-hosting with me today. He's an awesome person. I would like to thank my three specialists, Dr. Christina Shaw for uh, sharing some facts and breaking down some myths about sleep today. Um, I'd, I'd also like to thank David Kay for giving us some tech background knowledge um, on the Macintosh and Windows. 
um, and I don't, and I'd also like to thank our third specialist, um, Andrew B, for um, breaking down PC gaming and hopefully giving you guys some new hobbies. Um, I would like to thank my special guest, Christina Shaw, for appearing on the show and giving you guys some insight, uh, some insight on what she does. She's an amazing person. Um, and then lastly, um, I would like to thank all of my audio actors. They are amazing. Um, voiceover acting is something that's extremely hard to do. And so I'm happy that they were able to um, join me uh, today and putting on a show. I want to leave you guys with this quote from Carrie Underwood. Every day is a new day. So no matter how bad you're feeling, no matter, you know, how much of a slump you're in, just remember that every day is a new day and it will get better. You guys have a great day and I will see you.